Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Amen. Well, we've been talking about Christmas. Hallelujah. And uh, last week we found out that wise men, wise human beings, do what? They do seek Jesus. And so this morning we're going to look at that Jesus is to be worshipped. Let's go ahead and ask him to help us this morning. Father, we're so thankful that you speak to us through your book, the Bible. And it's more than just information on a page. It's more than a documentation of historical events. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when you breathe this message into man, you breathe your life with that message. And as the Bible says of itself, it's alive and it's powerful. We choose to release its life and his power into our being. And we know that comes by two things, by believing what you're saying to us and then acting in the light of what you have said. That's when his life and his power is released into our spirit. And it will impact our mind as well and our emotions. It will impact our body. In fact, it will impact every area of our life. Because now we're almost like those wise men that were following the star to Jesus. We can follow the the word in our heart and, and act it out, and we can find your blessings. All that you've purchased for us through Jesus. And so we thank you, Lord, that we choose to be attentive right now. I'm going to hear, I'm going to listen, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And I will find places to put the word of God into action in my life. Thus, putting me on a collision course with the goodness and the blessings of God. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we said last week that the wise men, they set out to worship Jesus when they found them, found him. Go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. And it's my inclination to believe that these wise men didn't begin their tasks to find Jesus until he was actually born. And then they set out and took that quest to find him. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east. Notice how the birth took place before the wise men set out from the east, heading to Jerusalem. 
And they were saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. It wasn't a star. They recognized it as representing him. So it must have been a new star in the sky. And what is their motivation? Why are they taking this time out in their life, spending the resources that they're spending to get there? What's compelling them to do that? We are come to worship him. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, we know that worship is of our heart. But you know, our heart can express itself outwardly as well. And so their worship was not only a heartfelt release towards him, but then they also displayed their love and worship for him in the giving of gifts. Jump down to the ninth verse. And, and you understand that they stopped off to see King Herod first, announcing their presence and their purpose, because that's the king was over Judea, and he was really representing the Roman Empire. So he had a lot of clout. And so they went and had a discussion with the king, and here in verse 9 it says that when they had heard the king and what he asked them to do, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Till it came... So it's going before them, it's moving, and then it, it stood still over whom? The young child. Notice it doesn't say baby. Young child. We're, we're estimating somewhere between one and two years old. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, notice it didn't say stable, says house. Am I being redundant in saying that again? They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and look at their attitude. Look at their reaction to seeing Jesus. They fell down. Now, you understand that in the Eastern culture, you didn't bow to anybody unless it was someone over you. They were signifying that Jesus was royalty. That he was a king. They fell down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented unto him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and mirth. So they were treating Jesus not only with their mannerism and with their respect, but they, they treated him as a king in their giving of their gifts to him. They were willing to give what they had because they knew that they had been blessed by his birth. 
that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah that the prophets had foretold about. So they gave special gifts to Jesus. And they did it not to receive special favor, but out of a heart of praise and worship. Now, all of us, with the way that our culture celebrates the Christmas season, we all know these three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But me being a little naive, I got no clue what frankincense and myrrh is. I get the gold. <laughs> got it. So you may not be like me and you know exactly what they were and their value, but is it okay if we just talk a little bit about these gifts because they're significant? They also represent something. The Bible many times will use symbolism to help us understand what's going on. So we're pretty good with gold, even though some of us like me don't own any other than maybe some jewelry. But understand that gold in this day 2,000 years ago, it was the currency of kings. Just like I would imagine today, it's rare for people to walk around with gold on them in the way of coins or some other way to distribute it to purchase things. Well, that was commonplace with kings. And it was worth about $600 a pound. I'm not sure what gold is today an ounce, but it's, it's, it's probably flirting with that. I haven't looked at it recently. So, so think about this. In that day, gold was worth about $600 a pound, and $600 2,000 years ago was probably worth in the, the tens or hundreds of thousands. Now, frankincense was found in southern Arabia, Ethiopia, and also Egypt. And it was a sticky white gum that was from the Bozwala uh, Cartia tree. And, and don't ask me to repeat that again because I, I won't be able to handle it. And what they would do is they would cut the bark of this tree open and then this frankincense, this sticky substance, would hang underneath that area between the, the tree and the bark clear lumps of hen-sized eggs. And then they would burn it as an incense. And so this word frank means clear or strong and then they just added the word incense to Frank and that's where we got frankincense so it has a strong sweet odor it was used as a antiseptic to heal open cuts to fight bacteria and infections it was good for bronchitis and lung infections and it actually could also be chewed as a gum to fight bad breath and tooth decay. 
And frankincense in that day was worth about $500 a pound. $500 a pound. So let's get the understanding of what frankincense as an incense would represent. Go to Revelation chapter 8, verse 4. And Sharon is on fire this morning. And the smoke... <laughs> And the smoke of the incense, which came up with what? The prayers of the saints. Have you ever had that mental picture? That your heart, as it goes up to God, with your prayers and your communication with him, has a, an incense, a smell, and an odor to it that comes up to God? It ascends up before God out of the angel's hand. And so here's what frankincense also represents instead of its financial value. Burning frankincense is a reminder to the people of how their prayers reach God and how a sweet smell it is to him. I like that mental picture. Now, what about myrrh? When was the last time you used that in a conversation, that word? Uh, never. Uh, it was a reddish-brown gum as well, and it was also from the bark of a myrrh tree. And this tree was found in Somalia, Africa, and Yemen. And it has a spicy oriental scent. Kings owned all the myrrh trees and guarded them. So only rich people had access to this. It was used as an incense uh, to cure fevers, diarrhea, asthma, and could be put in open wounds as wounds as an antiseptic. Now, try to wrap your brain around this. This this gummy-like substance from the bark of the myrrh tree was, was so hard to obtain. It was only available to the rich. Its value was about $4,000 a pound. I would have thought that gold would be the most valuable. Apparently not. In Exodus chapter 3, and I didn't put a verse on this, Sharon, so don't, don't, don't worry about it, but God told Moses to take myrrh and to mix it with other spices and anoint Aaron and his sons as the high priests. Now, you understand that Jesus is our high priest. So this symbol of this myrrh being used under the instruction of God to anoint high priests. Now here come these wise men that took several years to get to Jesus. Their gift was anointing him as the world's high priest. Also, when kings were buried, they normally use at least 15 pounds of myrrh. So what is 
15 times 4,000. What's that, 60 grand? To wrap them and to keep the body from stinking. Look over in John 19. You, you may not have noticed this before, or probably you have. John 19, verse, verses 39 and 40. It tells us that after Jesus was born, excuse me, on the flip side, after Jesus had died, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus came and they brought a mixture of myrrh and alloys about a hundred pound weight. I think Nick had some uh, green folding money. And they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloth with these spices as a manner of the Jews is in burial. So they, they brought a hundred pound weight of these spices of which myrrh was incorporated in. They probably used close to $100,000 worth of burial ointment for the body of Jesus when it was placed in the tomb. Now, what's the significance of these three gifts, the gold, the frankincense, and, and the myrrh? Well, first of all, when they came and gave gold to the young child Jesus, they were declaring that he was a king. Amen. Isn't that what we did? <laughs> Not just Savior, but also Lord and King when we received him. Now, the frankincense then became a symbol that God had answered our prayers for a Messiah. that frankincense, that incense that had been going up with our prayers had now been reciprocated by God and his gift has been given back to us. And then, of course, the myrrh was a symbol that Jesus was our high priest. And that should be the same motivation that you and I have when we worship Jesus. Think about it. Every time we worship Jesus, we're giving him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's of much more value than it is in its natural state as it is from coming from our heart to him. You are so much more valuable than the creation. So every time we worship God, every time we go before him in prayer, every time we commune with him, in essence, we're bringing gold and saying, you are my king. Remember the wise men? Sometimes I think uh, I don't bow enough before the Lord. 
to help me to remember that, that he's above me and I'm under him. That he's king and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Every time we worship, commune with the Lord, we're believing that he's not just hearing our prayers, but he's also answering them. And I like this visual of seeing our prayers going up as an incense. There's multiple locations in the Bible that says that our prayers fill his nostrils with a sweet smell. And then every time we go before him, we bring him myrrh. We believe that he's our high priest. He's our redeemer. He's our intercessor. He's the one that represents us. Could we say lawyer in our common vernacular? He represents us, pleads our case before God the Father. No other religion has that. Nor can they. So your prayers and my prayers go through Jesus and communicate with God. Hallelujah. Also, this story of the wise men bringing these gifts to Jesus. We, we, we really can't put a number on the value of it. Many times that in this culture back when Jesus was on the earth, many of them didn't have coin. Many of them didn't have currencies. But they would use commodities. If they were, you know, raising animals, they would give animals as payment. If they were farmers, they would give what they grew as a commodity. And so, not only were they giving gifts that represented who Jesus was, but they were also giving Joseph and Mary the financial uh, ability to obey God and to fulfill their mission that God had given them. I still can't wrap my brain around the fact that God placed his son in human flesh in that he was vulnerable and he was weak as a human in that state, and then gave that child to two people, Joseph and Mary, to protect him and to raise him up in a volatile environment. Many times God has done things that doesn't make any sense. But yet, he uses us 
to fulfill his plans on the earth. Now, think about what their mind was thinking. How many of you know that our mind many times contradicts our heart? Could you imagine these grown men who were well-to-do? Who knows how many people it took to bring that caravan from the east to sustain them every day all the way across the many miles they traveled? And there they get, and here's a young kid that they're bowing before. Here's a young kid that they're giving gold to. Here's a young kid that they're giving frankincense to. Here's a young kid they're giving myrrh to. Maybe not even realizing that they were doing more than just worshiping the Messiah. And plus, does a king really need expensive gifts? I'm talking about our mind thinking about this. Sometimes when we give as the Lord directs us, it contradicts what our mind is saying. But yet he knows the future that we don't know. And so he directed these wise men to bring wealth that they could give to the Messiah. Not realizing that they were helping God to fulfill the mission of Jesus. In that moment that they were worshiping Jesus and giving him these expensive gifts, no one knew that King Herod was about to make a decree to kill all the babies in Jerusalem. In fact, God had to come to Joseph in a dream and told Joseph that, that him and his family needed to flee to a foreign country and wait in hiding until the threat of killing Jesus had passed. Let's go real quick. You, you, you still with me this morning? Can, can you just take a little bit more? We're just about there. I didn't get permission. Is it okay? Is it all right? <laughs> There's always Linda. Okay, Matthew 2.11. So they went into the house, the wise men. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and they pre presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. So God also talked to them in a dream. They departed to their own country another way. And when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother to flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Kind of sounds like the story of Moses, doesn't it? 
See, the devil is a bad devil. He's always been a bad devil. He'll always be a bad devil. And he's come to kill, steal, and to destroy. And when Joseph arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet saying out of Egypt have I called my son verse 16 then Herod when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men was exceeding exceedingly wroth and sent forth and slew killed all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So in, in order to protect Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, they had to leave Bethlehem they, they flee to a nation that Herod didn't have control over. But in order to do that, they had to have money to travel. They had to have money to buy food. They had to find shelter and live there and pay for the rent for the required length of time. These gifts of the wise men helped to facilitate the great plan of redemption so that all of mankind could enjoy. So our giving, yes, is worshiping the Lord. But we also have to understand it puts resources into his hands to facilitate his mission upon the earth. And so today, wise men still worship Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're, we're so thankful for the Christmas story. We're so thankful that we see how you orchestrate things that are impossible. How you facilitate and bring to pass that which man cannot do alone. We're so thankful that you gave us a king. We're so thankful that you gave us a redeemer. You gave us a friend and a brother. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, help us to see the bigger picture of worshiping you. Help us to see that it's a means of us giving you gold. Help us to see that it's a means of us giving you frankincense. Help us to see that it's a means to worship you with myrrh. That we believe you have given us a king. We believe that you're hearing and answering our prayers. And we believe that Jesus is our high priest. And he's ever making intercession and representing us before the throne of our Heavenly Father. 
Help us to be mindful of all this as we celebrate your gift this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for coming out. We won't be here tonight. We'll be back here Wednesday night, and that's when the youth are going to have their gift exchange. Thank you so much. We'll see you.